to the Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello, and welcome to Masonian Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. Thanks for listening as we follow the journey of female food entrepreneurs. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Masoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. Sarah, I realized that when I interviewed you initially, I forgot to talk about your husband's food business because you have a family business that is food-related, and we didn't even talk about it at all. Yeah. We do. We have a company that Michael started in 2013, and he has waffle cone mix. And uh, it's called Masoni Cone. Moscone. Oh, Moscone Cone. (laughs) (laughs) He added the C in there for cone. I love that. I didn't even know that. (laughs) Yeah, people think we're Moscones, but we're actually (laughs) Masonis. That's really cute. I love it. Yeah. Well, and I wanted to just give that shout out because Michael has listened to all of our episodes, so he's probably yeah, listening he's now. a big fan. And um, if you want to try a Moscone cone, you can go to Fifty Licks. They oh, have cool. it at all of their locations here in Portland. That's so awesome. I also, bet people don't even know that. Yeah, Dairy Hill has it. Um, so those are gluten free cones, Very which is cool. really unique. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and if you follow me on Instagram, you can see me making a waffle cone. <laughs> mm-hmm. I yeah. was wondering if that was Super you. That's nerdy. what reminded me to talk about it is that I saw your Instagram and I was like, I didn't even talk about Sarah's yeah. business. I was like, can I make movies <laughs> on my phone? <laughs> it was a great movie. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so today's food news Sarah's going to do today. So Sarah, yeah. what's the food news? Uh, back to ice cream, actually. Oregon State University's second annual ice cream conference is coming up on November 5th and six and we're trying something a little new we're going to actually be downtown at the Myron Frank building on the second floor OSU is now located there Whoa. and they have a beautiful conference center so um, we'll be downtown jazzing it up that's so cool and if you want to register or check it out uh, you can go on Eventbrite and just type in Food Innovation Center Oregon State University Ice Cream Conference very cool. So go to that conference if you're interested in ice cream. Yeah. It'll give you lots of information. And if you're a food entrepreneur that has a press release for us to announce, please submit those to startupradionetwork.com. We'll help you spread the word about your events, new products, or awards. But we aren't just here for food news today. We have a special guest in the studio. Jacoba Gundel is here with us today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm did excited. I, did I say your name right? That was perfect. Oh, good. I usually ask before and I forgot. <laughs> Uh, we should ask Jacoba how her name became Jacoba because it's kind of an interesting story, actually. My first name? Yeah. Um, so 
I was named after both of my grandfathers, actually. I have Jacob as one grandfather and Ray as another, so I'm Jacoba Ray Gundel. Oh, wow. It's a yep. beautiful name. Cool. Like it is a beautiful it. name. Your I don't think I've ever heard job. it before. I know. I thought they probably wanted, so I have an older brother, and I just keep thinking they wanted two boys instead of a girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure they're very happy with you. So, Jacoba, your business is Mindful Proteins, and you're the co-founder. Yep. So, tell our first tell our listeners how to find you on social media so they can follow along if they want. Yeah, we have a Facebook and an Instagram, and both are Mindful Proteins. Cool. Perfect. That's easy. Yeah. Sometimes people, it's a little more complicated than that, but mm-hmm. good. We can just find you easily under yeah, Mindful. we did not get creative with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I think it's easier just to have, like, a direct line of yeah. what it is. Smart. Yeah. And so, um, tell us about Mindful Proteins. Okay. What is it? What's your product? Um, so I am a co-founder with one other person, with Sean Penrith, um, who is not here today. Uh, our company, our mission is to create a line of functional, high-protein foods and beverages with clean and safe ingredients. Nice. Cool. So we have our first product, um, hopefully one of many, but <laughs> our first product <laughs> is a protein water called Restore. And it's beautiful. It's in a beautiful can with beautiful printing. Oh, yeah. So nice. Well, it, it does look really good. So we're <laughs> going to um, get into packaging details. But what made you start out making this protein? Do you call it a protein water? Am I calling it the wrong thing if nope. I call it that? Protein okay. water is great. It's so exactly what it is. How did you, what made you want to create this protein water? So the idea originated with Sean. And if you go to our website, he has his story up on the website, which is actually pretty amazing. Um and he has a whole journey of why he got to this idea, but he shared the idea with me and it resonated completely with where I was in my life and in my experiences. So I have always been very active. I've played soccer my entire life. I've done yoga. I go to the the exercise classes all over the place. And I got into nutrition because I wanted to help my exercise and my practice. And so I tried to get into things that were going into my body and I you know, you research all of these things and protein keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. Like you need to have protein within your anabolic window, which is 20 to 45 minutes after your exercise to get the most out of what you just did. Um, and so I got into there are tons of protein powders out there. And um, I've never been a big meat eater. And so I've always had trouble getting as much protein as I need in the Interesting. day. And so I was trying protein powders. And which ones did you try? You know, I went through a lot of them. Um, did and you try pea protein? I did try pea protein. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. That one cracks me up. Yeah. Like made out of peas, peas. like the vegetable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. hey, peas, and now they're eating pea protein. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I tried a lot of things, and I just couldn't find anything that I liked. And I actually found a couple that I liked, but then I started reading ingredient labels, and then I decided that was a terrible idea for what I was doing. Um, with a ton of added sugar and chemicals yeah. that I can't understand. They mm-hmm. add a lot of stuff to those functional proteins that people are adding into their smoothies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was getting to the point where after the gym in the morning, I'd get home and I'd only have 45 minutes before I had to get to work. And so I couldn't actually make a smoothie and there wasn't enough time. And so I just miss it completely. And so when Sean came to me with this idea, he's like a clean, functional, convenient source of protein. I was all in. Yeah. How did you guys, how did you and Sean meet? So we worked at a climate finance nonprofit in Portland. Um, we, I've worked with them for almost six years now. Cool. So you're you're like into sustainability and all that kind of stuff. So tell us a little bit about the climate piece that you just mentioned. What yeah. is that? So my background is in environmental science, and Sean has worked for a number of different environmental um, firms and fun- um, companies over the past year, or over the, I guess, 
quite a few years. Um, <laughs> He's had a long career. Yeah. Um, and so we both are very, we're like, we're grounded in sustainability. And so we're trying to grow mindful proteins as sustainable as we can with a ready-to-drink um, product. And so we're using aluminum cans for our packaging because it's the most sustainable ready or single-use container out there. Um, we are sourcing all of our products locally as, as much as we can. I can get into the whey protein later that's in our water. Um, and we are aligning our company with the 2030 UN Sustainable Development Goals. Oh, what are those? Um, <laughs> Do you know them by heart? I don't. There are quite a few of them. Um, if you go into our website, we have this image up there. I think we're aligning with about seven of them. But the um, equality, equality, sustainability, climate change, like if you align your company and your values with those types of things. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. We're also we're considering... Um, changing into a benefit corporation because it aligns sustainably. And so everything we're doing as far as mindful proteins is concerned is bottom line sustainability. And then we move from there. I, I really enjoyed reading that on your website about your story that you both, you know, originally were in a different kind of work, but that mm -hmm. sustainability is really important. So it's really nice to have that piece in place as you're building your business because yeah. you can tell that it's really a focus for you guys so it's really cool to see yeah I don't think mm -hmm. either one of us would be doing that without this type of focus yeah. and I also read about um, aluminum being you said the most recyclable mm -hmm. is that right because I always thought it was glass is it not glass so it's the most sustainable so glass may be more recyclable mm -hmm. but it has a lot of um, costs as far as transportation and oh, it takes okay. more um, gas to move around wherever you're shipping it to it's heavier and it's heavier yeah mm. And so we did a bunch of research in the beginning, and Illumina is, is the most sustainable of the options. Oh, okay. That's, that was, I had never seen that before. Maybe you should put your hot sauce in an aluminum. I don't think I could because I think it would eat away at the metal probably. I, I have to stick with glass. I for saw you, you guys. thinking really about that. Idea. You're like, maybe I should have Well, we always try to do. They I put mean, beer in aluminum, we, I saw. We don't have yeah. like the education background of sustainability, but mm -hmm. we try to make those kinds of choices. Mm -hmm. So then when I read it, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because I always tell people to use glass instead of plastic. Yeah. But yeah. I guess in the beverage community, it's same, but right. it would be aluminum instead of I would say plastic. aluminum and glass probably have the best barrier properties too. Yeah. So when you put your food into those types of containers, they can't get a lot of oxygen and yeah. transfer of other things. Well, yeah. we might as well just stick with the packaging um, topic since we're on it. Yeah. So we, sh you brought us in uh, a can, couple of your, cans, a couple yep. cans, couple of flavors. And do you they're so you the have? Same flavor. Oh, they're all the same flavor. Okay. Do you just have one flavor? We have two flavors. We just okay. have one flavor in a can right now. Cool. And so, tell us about how you get the product into the can. What's that process look like? Ooh. Okay. I I can do that. <laughs> so the two flavors that we have are orange mango and lemon ginger. Mm -hmm. And we have done one trial run with our co-packer, which is how we get it into the can. Oh, okay. Um. And we have orange mango in cans. So we did one trial run to make sure that our benchtop formulation actually can scale. And it did wonderfully, Yay. which we're That's very great. excited about. Um, and so we were actually using a co-packer in Salem. Um, oh, shout out to the co-packer. Yeah, Gilgamesh Brewing is nice. co-packing for us. That's awesome. Yeah, so we're really excited to use a local smaller company, and they're wonderful to work with. And so they are, are they a beer company, but they also co-pack? Yes. Any, any products. That's great. Sarah's opening up the Ooh, um, orange mango protein really water. Nicely. I bet she's going to chug it. Yeah. <laughs> Give I'm it a go, Sarah. Tell us about it. Catch up the other day. Let's <laughs> see if I can chug it. 
lots of slurping sounds are going to be happening. <laughs> we haven't had a beverage on yet, so here we go. Oh, that was tasty. <laughs> I feel like I just ate a mango. Oh, yeah, it's delicious. You know, I was when I was reading about it, I was worried, and maybe other people would feel the same way. So I was thinking, because it was going to be protein water, <laughs> that it was going to be viscous and yep. thick. <laughs> like and so, yeah. and so I was kind of like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> what if I like hate it? Because, you know, of course, I've never tried it before. But it's not. It's like yeah. drinking water. But we emphasize water. It's protein <laughs> yeah. water. I know, but yep. people say that. And <laughs> sometimes it is not that way. But this does seem like you are drinking water. It is the texture and what do you, what would I say? Um, viscosity, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is just like water. It's not. It's not thick or anything, yeah. which is great. So how do you get the protein into the water? Oh, well, so it took us a long time to formulate. We actually formulated with the Food Innovation Center and in mm-hmm. Sarah Mike Sony. Adams. Yeah. Yep. Who did an amazing job mm-hmm. and continues to deal with us on an almost daily basis. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so the protein dissolves in the water. So it's part of the co-packing process. You heat it up, you dissolve it, the flavors and everything in it. And there's a little bit of a natural sweetener in there also. And then it just comes out. So it comes out like it does, not viscous mm-hmm. or chunky or you don't have to shake the can because of the whey protein isolate itself. And so we are sourcing... What's unique about that? Right. So we're sourcing the whey protein isolate from Fonterra out of New Zealand. Oh, New Zealand. Yeah. So this is the one thing what we're not doing locally, but we're not doing it for a very specific purpose. Um, This is like the gold dust standard, gold dust of the whey protein isolate ever. Like the best we get, we tried quite a few different proteins in this water and it did not come out the same. No. Um, And so in New Zealand, like the bottom line way they treat their cows and animals is... No antibiotics, no um, chemicals, no hormones, nothing along those lines. And so we know that the whey protein isolate made from the cows in New Zealand is going to be the best we can get. Hmm. Without Have you gone there to inspect? No, but Sean, I think that's a great idea. I think you need to <laughs> go. Take a trip. Business go to trip. Yeah. New Zealand. We're with you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really cool. So you um, made the decisions more to... Um, have a consistent product because when you were testing other things, it wasn't consistent. And so you yeah. found that the way from New Zealand was going to provide mm-hmm. consistency. Yeah, the, the ways, other ways that we tried, the flavor was off and the consistency mm-hmm. was off. And you would see it settle at the bottom of your cup mm-hmm. oh, yeah. where this doesn't settle. So you can pour this today into a cup and let it sit for days and it will never settle. So you never have to shake the can. Yeah. I think that's important to find, um, you know, one place to get something so that you can provide your customers consistency. We kind of had to do the same thing with forcing, uh, sourcing from farms. Like if mm-hmm. we got different peppers from different farms just because the climates were different, yeah. then our sauce turned out different. So yep. we had to source from the same place or at least farms in the same region. Even just, yeah, even just around <laughs> Oregon, it was so different. Like wow. the way that the, the heat of the peppers or the body of the peppers, like they would be thicker or thinner. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure it's the same thing with... Maybe way. you could make hot sauce with protein. Ooh, that's not a bad idea. Maybe we should do a collaboration. <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> that could be really fun. Well, and I, w- I was going to ask about the protein. So if you you and Sean are both um, very into exercise, yoga, all of those health-focused things, I'm not so much, but would there be any... You ride your bike. <laughs> I ride my bike. Yeah. I, I mean, I, d- I exercise, but it's not like... I don't feel like I'm ever 
in need of protein after mm-hmm. a serious workout, which I know a lot of athletes need that. You, mm-hmm. Your body is telling you you need it. I don't really feel that way. But if I... Would there be a good time for me to drink this water? Like, is it better before exercise or after or what's your suggestion? Um, It's absolutely better for right after an exercise. Yeah. So So exercise and work your muscles. And um, so I can get into the science if you want, but it gets a little boring. Um, (laughs) Tell us a little bit. Yeah, we want to hear. Yeah. So when you're you're working out and there's um, so you're like building muscle, it has goes through this process of muscle synthesis. I can say that word, synthesis. Um, and so what the protein does is it helps with that entire process. And so mm-hmm. if you do a workout and you're building your muscles and you're tearing your muscles and they're coming back together to build bigger, stronger, leaner muscles, the protein just helps in that process the entire way. So do your workout, drink the protein, and as your body is repairing those muscles that you just ripped during your workout, mm. then it just it makes the process that much more beneficial for you. Huh. Great. And what about for, I was thinking about for kids. Is this something Mm -hmm. that's good, a good way to get protein into your children? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So Sean actually has a couple kids um, and one of his sons comes to the office quite regularly and asks for the water every single time he's there just because of the taste. He likes it. Yeah. I think, I think my daughter would be into it too. And I, I find sometimes, I mean, she wants to eat all the fruits and all the vegetables and then that's about as far as it goes. Like it's Mm. hard to feed her. Meat, nuts, those are always the things that come into my mind first for protein. And Mm -hmm. so it's like kind of a struggle sometimes. So I think this would be a good way. Yeah, that was my struggle too. Yeah. It's hard for me to get myself to eat those things also. Yeah. (laughs) So after I'm working in the garden, I could drink this and my legs Mm -hmm. and all the other parts of me that aren't used to bending and squatting wouldn't hurt so much the next day. Would there be any downside to doing it? you know, to drinking it before, or even if you're not doing something active, like, is it still giving your body things that it needs? Like it doesn't have to be for the right. athletic, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Everybody your needs body protein. needs protein. Yeah. <laughs> and so in, so our can is a 12 ounce can and in 12 ounces, it has 15 grams of protein. So it's um, a third of your recommended daily need of protein. Oh, great. That's cool. That's awesome. Can you tell us, I know that you practice yoga. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think a lot of people are curious maybe trying it but not knowing exactly what it is and yeah what, what got what you is into it? yoga yeah I've, and if you're in the portland area they have a ton of yoga studios and everyone is i mean every single yoga studio i've been to is no judgment like they don't care if you're a very beginner or if you've been doing this for decades um everyone is there to help you it's kind of a lot like the food and beverage startup industry in portland oh. everyone is there to help you and mm. give you advice um but any of the yoga classes or yoga studios are going to have a beginner's yoga class that you can go to and just learn the basics. And mm-hmm. once you have the basics, then you can do almost anything. And what is it? Stretching and moving? And I've heard people say the downward dog. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so there's like names Have you for ever positions? done yoga, Sarah? <laughs> no. Never? No. We should go to yoga together. Yeah. Oh. Let's do it. We could go to one of Kumi's classes. Oh, okay. That would be fun. Okay. Do I have to wear a special outfit? No. No. Darn. You don't. I like to go shopping. When I first started going to her classes, I was like, hey, listen, I have two t-shirts. That's it. I don't, okay. I don't have workout clothes. You can't do yoga in a dress. I can't do yoga in a dress. And she yeah. was like, you, it does not matter. Do it. You just have to be able to move. So wear something oh. that you can move in. That's okay. it. Yeah. It's yeah. just using your body and stretching and using your body weight to like work out your muscles. and. Hmm. Continue I flexibility. Could do it. You could do it. I, I do, um, can do yin yoga. yoga, which is 
it's so easy. I mean, for me, it's easy. So I'm not very flexible, but I get very like hunchy from bottling sauce all the time. So my body is always in one position. So I go and do yin afterwards. It I try to sit up, which I'm, I'm so such bad a slouter. At. Yeah. And so, but it's like holding poses for a long period we're of time. We're all sitting up straight yeah, now. <laughs> you guys can't see us, but we're all sitting up very straight. And in like 10 minutes, I'm going to be hunched back over the microphone. Yeah. But you hold the poses for like three to five minutes. And so it like, you're like laying on the floor a lot of the times but you're holding things longer and Mm. there's a lot of benefits I don't really know about but I can do it it's easy Mm -hmm. I don't have to be like able to even touch my toes to do it no you don't have to be flexible you don't not at all so I do vinyasa which is a lot of flow Mm. so moving from one position to another position and so there's a bunch of different types you can find the one that works for you Let's go to yoga and then drink protein water, Sarah. It'll really? be like we fun. could do a test I think and then report just, back to them. Your product has inspired us. We can Fantastic. make a video <laughs> for them it. to put on their website. Yeah, for Perfect. sure. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about, because we're, we're talking about the yoga um, clientele, so I noticed that you guys go and do your demos in yoga studios and places like that. Has mm-hmm. it been easy for you to find places to go sample your product? Yeah, actually, surprisingly so, because everyone is very open and willing to help anyone ever. Um, at least that's what I've found so far. Um, I've done yoga class, yoga demo tastings. I've gotten into about, I think, 10 different yoga studios in Portland that's area over great. the past couple months. And so it seems like a really, I mean, as soon as I saw that those were your events that you had scheduled, I was like, oh, that's so smart because you're finding your niche. audience mm-hmm. where, where if you're in a grocery store, it might not be people that are looking for so exactly random. what you have. But yep. if you're at like a gym or a studio, your people are right there. And when you find your people, they're so excited. You know, Mm -hmm. they're um, excited to try your product. They're excited to follow your journey. And so you're just right there with them, which I thought was really smart. Yeah. We've been going through a customer validation phase over the past couple months. And so we've done a couple bigger, uh, like, farmers markets and festivals for tasting events. But we're trying to get very directed customer feedback. And you went to the fancy food show. Yes, I did. That was fancy. How but, was that for you? Did you end up getting any sales from that or what What happened? You know, it was exhausting, um, but it was great. <laughs> I was there by myself and I went with the Food Innovation Center and I had a, a piece of their booth. Um, I didn't get any sales from it because we don't actually have a product to sell yet. Not quite ready. But I feel like if we did, I would have gotten sales. People were interested. And you can maybe follow up with them and Yeah. And I've been in contact with people continuously since then. Oh, that's great. So cool. Once we, once when, we have a product. when is when do you think you're gonna be ready to have the product? Yeah, our goal is to have a product at least for sale on our website this fall. Cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And so will people people will be able to order it from your website. Correct. And then and then hopefully it will be in stores mm-hmm. as well, right? Yes. And I'm sure you could probably even have um those those gyms and studios that you're demoing at be a customer for you because they a lot of them have like cold exactly. cases or things like that to sell yeah. drinks in. It'd yep. be a good way to do it. Yeah. So as part of the demo process, I'm trying to form relationships with these studio owners to yeah. see if they might be interested in stocking the water. That's really great. We're looking for people to buy truckloads of this water. Yeah. So if you know anyone, <laughs> just let us know. <laughs> Uh, that would be great. And the, the cans are really nice. So they're just like, they just look like silver um, aluminum cans. And then your label is um, 
clear is it a clear sticker that goes over yep. it mm-hmm. and is that the way it's going to stay no Do you know it is okay. not going to stay that way so we're going to tell us your packaging plans yeah we're going to so right now what you're holding is a like a 12 ounce regular aluminum can like mm-hmm. you would get a beer in um but we are going to put it in a 12 ounce slim can so it'll be oh. that's what i thought i saw on your mm-hmm. site but i wasn't sure if you were still figuring it all out yeah. that'll be pretty yeah yeah so the cans that you're holding right now um gilgamesh put them in their extra beer cans which mm-hmm. was fantastic because mm-hmm. we didn't have cans to put them in so it was a lifesaver mm-hmm. um but once we do so this was for our trial run once we do a commercial run hopefully this fall we're going to put it in an actual tall aluminum 12 ounce can cool and then um it will be the same like a sticker around it oops are you gonna have it printed i just spilled oh man (laughs) (laughs) don't tell Um, that's okay it's um it's on my papers i'll just wipe it on my on my leggings (laughs) i'm apparently really so into your product that i need to rub it all over myself (laughs) It's okay. It smells delicious. You'll just smell it. I smell mangoes. Yep. I'm going to be mangoey today. Very tropical instead of my usual spicy self. (laughs) um, Back to the label. Yes. Yes. Um, No, you're fine. Uh, It will be a sticker label. or We're going to do a wrap label on the first couple runs that we do. Like a shrink wrap? Like a shrink wrap. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once we get to enough volume, we're going to print on can. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. That's always some, um, you know, in the beginning of people's packaging journey, you kind of do whatever you can get out there, you know? And then as you have those, um, you know, accounts that come in and things like that, then you can afford to buy your own, like, personalized can. But I think it took us five years before we could get our own packaging printed. Mm -hmm. So I just like to talk about that because it's something that a lot of people go through as part of their journey. Like, at first, we used candy boxes that we just found as, like, our gift pack because Mm -hmm. that's what we could Mm -hmm. do. Yeah. So, but then it, it changes when you... Yeah. Well, you'll it. see that I brought the samples today in old gift bags. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Repurpose. Yep. yep. Exactly. So when you started working on your branding, did you work with a designer? Um, no. Did you design it? Uh, both Sean and I kind of designed it ourselves. We oh. had someone do the, there's a, a logo thing at the very top, and we had someone design that. But other than that, it's just been the two of us putting it together. Oh, that's cool. Do you have plans for a team of people? Is it just the two of you right now? It's just the two of us right now. Mm-hmm. We do have plans for a team of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've been and very deliberate on the sponsor. way that we're growing the business. Because Oregon State University's right College of and Agricultural so Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud cool. sponsors Somebody for operations. Committed mm-hmm. to serving Good all Oregonians with stuff. the mission yeah. to advance yeah. the all science that, kind of that lives at the crossroads cool. of conservation That's, and production. I'm looking forward to those We are inspired by the creativity of food innovation new economic opportunities, and new experiences, because food brings people together. What does a day look like for you, Jacobo? How do you start your day? Um, well, the, so the whole way that we're keeping Mindful Proteins afloat yeah. and funded with the lights on is Sean and I have a, um, a small climate finance consulting firm on the side. Oh. And so we're doing the two of them together. And so the whole purpose of the consulting firm is to get money in so we can make this protein water. Nice. So. And do you have um, clients right now for your consulting firm we do yeah there's a we have a couple smaller clients all over the country oh cool um and so we're working through those 
clients as and bringing on more so we can keep doing this. And, and is it specific to food products or just so that we can bring we people what that, means. that yeah, way? Yeah, climate finance. Um, we were dealing in carbon markets. Okay. Oh, what and does so that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so this is Sarah like, and I are both like, we have no well, idea what you're talking well, about. It's <laughs> over my head. <laughs> it's completely unrelated. No. Yeah, completely unrelated. <laughs> and it's what we were doing before we started the protein water. Oh, okay. And so we've kind of continued doing that just so we can have fund this which hopefully will take off any day now. Is that kind of like solar energy? Um, it's so we were working a bunch in agriculture. Um, and then I think we're doing, there's forestry projects that we're working on now. And so essentially a carbon market is credits that were, so there's carbon in the air that gets sequestered yeah. into the ground and then that much gets, it becomes a carbon credit. Okay. And so then you, there are, you trade this intangible carbon credit, sell it, so by planting a forest, you're increasing the carbon? You're sequestering the carbon, so you're, you're decreasing it out of the air. Yeah. Oh. oh. So you sequester it into the soil, into the tree, and you hold it there. And then for however long you hold it there, you get a certain amount of credits, and those credits are traded. Can we plant our whole yards in trees and then get carbon credits? I don't know if you can do it on such a small scale. Oh, it depends so on how big your yard big. is. It has yeah. to be thousands of acres or something. <laughs> oh, that's why when you're driving around Oregon, sometimes you'll see like all these fields just filled with trees. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I I didn't even know that was a thing that existed. Yeah, so we're, we're like we're blending our past into our future to yeah. help the future continue. Cool. Yep. That's really cool. So, I mean, from day to day, it looks completely different every day. Okay. So, but you get up and go to the gym or you go do yoga or? I get up and go to the gym every morning and uh -huh. then I go to work. So I'm at the gym every morning at 5 a.m. 5 a.m.? Yep. I'm, I've always been a morning person. So That's amazing. A lot of people do it in the evening. I just never have the motivation or the energy level by then. So uh -huh. 5 a.m. gym and then I'm at the office usually by 7.30 or so and then work for most of the day. On both projects, on both companies, and do you guys have an office or like a building? Or Ooh, I can do, do a shout out home? for our co-working space. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we are in Remotely, which is on North Mississippi, which is an amazing oh. new co-working space. That's cool. Nice yeah. neighborhood over there. It's a great neighborhood and free parking and the office. So Oliver is the guy who runs the place, and he did an amazing job putting it together. Cool. So people can drop in and use a desk or they can have a permanent office or how yep. does that work? Both of them. So we have a permanent office and on the bottom, like the lower floor. And then on the top floor, there's this huge space of desks people can rent for the day. Oh, that's Very cool. nice. Entrepreneurs need places like that. And then yeah. there's probably plans for you guys to have a facility or are you going to just stick with co-packers making it for you? Uh, I, at this point, I think we're going to stick with co-packers. Um, oh. Sean has this vision to run the entire company from, you know, his phone. He wants everything to be automated and wants to be wow. able to move and doesn't want to have to be tied to a desk. And mm -hmm. Hopefully never losing a phone. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you always have to have backups if that's where yes. your whole business is based. But I think that we're moving towards that direction. I mean, it yeah. doesn't seem that difficult to do, especially if you have your co-packing stuff figured out. Mm -hmm. um, and if we want to go somewhere and continue to still work, then we don't have to be tied to a desk and in front of an office. Yeah. And, that's great. Here's a random question for you. If you could pick a movie star to be your spokesperson, who would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Who came to mind first? The Rock. The Rock. That's a good one. Yeah. Tell I, us why. Well, he's obviously very into fitness. Um, 
He's very muscular. Uh, he just and I don't know a ton about him, but I know we should that should get samples to him right away. I yeah. know, right? <laughs> How are we going to do that? I'm pretty sure he's listening right now. Yeah, yeah. just send me your address. <laughs> <laughs> Dirk does that a lot, where he finds people that he's like, I think this would be the perfect person to um, talk about our product or to have our product, and he'll just mail him a package. And usually he'll just mm. reach out like on Twitter or something, and he'll be like, Hey, can I mail you hot sauce? And one of my favorite ones. Well, this didn't happen from Dirk reaching out, but. One of um, the favorite people was that somebody saw him do that and then said, I want hot sauce. And it was Tony Todd, who's Candyman. (laughs) And so so we sent Tony Todd our hot sauce. And then he would like tweet about it. He loves it. He orders it online. But I think at first he just was like, I see you sending people hot sauce. And he just randomly saw it. And then we just started sending him hot sauce. I think you better get on that one. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty So it is possible. Twitter is probably your way to go to find your people. Twitter and ask The Rock Mm -hmm. his address. Yep. Just Great. say, hey, can I mail you something? And you sometimes they'll have you, ma- if if they're very famous people, mm-hmm. they will have you mail it to their agent. And sure. then their agent gives it to them because they're like, I don't want my address out in the world. Right. Which <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> but you can find your ultimate spokesperson, I am sure. Yeah. Do you have any advice for brand new businesses? So you're still, you know, at the beginning phase, but I'm sure already you've learned a lot of things. Mm-hmm. What can you pass on to our people? Everything takes longer than you think it's going to. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Patience. I have had the hardest time with patience. I always have. I'm just ready to move. And I've realized that that's not exactly, it's not the best way to do things by any means. And it's not happening. So patience, everything takes a little bit longer. Just build in time for everything. So what do you do when you're stressed out? Yoga. Oh, duh. I shouldn't have even asked the question. And Sean is really into meditation, too, I read on your website. So I'm sure that comes in handy when you guys are feeling stressed about getting your product to market. Yes, absolutely. There's a lot of different tools that are helpful. Meditation, yoga, exercise. Yeah. I also really like that you guys are focused on your mission and your values. Can you talk a little bit more about what those are? I usually go to small business conferences and I'm an ex-social worker. So I'm always talking to people about mission and values and love Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. Like sometimes it's a little too hippie. But when as soon as I saw you guys write about that, I was like, they get it. (laughs) They get it. It's part of their life. Yeah. Um, So on the homepage of our website, we have our mission and our values. And I believe that our mission is to create a line of functional food and beverages, high-protein food and beverages with clean, safe, and healthy ingredients. I think that's what it is. Um, That sounds pretty right. I mean, I read it (laughs) last night, so that sounds like you got it. Yeah. um, And without having that as like a guideline for what we're doing, there would have been so many times where it was just like, oh, well, we don't need the best out of this. Let's just throw it in there because it's easier. But Mm -hmm. it's been really helpful to keep us on track. It's like, oh, well, you know, like we're having a formulation issue. Let's just throw a chemical in there because we know it's going to fix it. And instead Mm. we were like working to try to find something that's better for you. And Mm so keeping those guidelines there. I think that's important. And sometimes people either forget that or they don't have. I I mean, I find when I go to these conferences, they don't even have really a mission in place, especially if they're a small business and especially if they're just one or two people, Mm -hmm. because it's like we know what we want to do. And so they're just like doing it. But I think the um, mission, it really does that where it drives you back to like, this is what we 
set out to do. This is what's important to us, and we want to stay focused on it. But I also like to say that it can change. Mm -hmm. So we kind of changed our mission, which I think is okay. You know, at first we were like, we're bringing this product, this natural product to people using local ingredients, which we still do that. But we changed um, kind of the way that we do that and what we wanted to inspire. So it was like we want to inspire other people to do the same thing and to can and preserve food because that became a mission Mm -hmm. down the road. And so I just like to mention that to people, that your Mm -hmm. mission can change as long as it's still focused on the things that you love to do. Absolutely. And as a company grows, things are going to change. Yeah. So So it might change from the product to you actually, you know, teaching other businesses how to do things sustainably, because Mm -hmm. I think you guys have the skill set that a lot of other people don't have. And that's sort of what happened with us, too. It was like teaching people how to can and preserve became a skill set that we had to offer. So it became part of our business. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah's mind is spinning. I know she's going to ask something really good next. <laughs> well, I was wondering about your own personal policies for social media. So, how do you handle the social media um, for mindful proteins? I like, do it. I know, but how do you decide what you're going to put on there? Um, that's a good question. Um, I'm not sure if I've thought about that a lot, but I guess the way that I've been using social media is just to put the like our mission and our values out there for people to see. Okay. And so letting people know where we are, when we are, why we're making decisions, trying to get feedback on, like, I think I did a post on our first label design and asked for people's feedback because oh, nice. there were only two of us and you we obviously input. love everything we do, mm. um, but I don't know if the world's going to love it. So mm-hmm. try going that way. That's good. I oh. did um, notice on your social media that you you write about your product, but there's not much information about you on there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I actually created a website page yesterday called Jacoba's Story there and have not filled it in yet. Oh. <laughs> well, now you can say that you're a radio star. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There will be more information. It's always hard to talk about yourself. It's easier to talk about other people. Well, since you're an athlete, let's talk about one of your best moments in your athletic career. Did you win a prize or a trophy or were you on a great team or um, stuff like that I think really impacts us in life if we were on a team it really teaches us a lot about how we are going to interact yeah in our adult lives yeah um I think probably my most like what I'm most proud of as far as my athletic career is I got I was for the first year of college I went to Warner Pacific College here in Portland Oregon mm-hmm. and I got on to both the soccer and the track team whoa that's got, awesome like minor scholarships for soccer and track which was exciting that is exciting how did you balance school and athletics was it easy for you um yeah for the most part it was um I've always been school's always been relatively easy for me Mm. um and I know that sounds bad but for as far athletes uh, athletics is always a lot harder than school so so you like the challenge Mm mm-hmm that's yeah. cool. That's why I'm doing this food business, because I like the challenge. You right? like the challenge. <laughs> yeah, it's never an easy journey. That is what always comes up for all of our guests, is yeah. that it's not just like, oh, I did this thing, and it's so easy. There's, It's challenging, but I think people that do have that kind of either um, just competitive or driven mindset, maybe coming mm-hmm. from sports or coming yeah. from whatever whatever Dig it deep. is that gets you there, but um, it's a good journey to be on if that's How your does thing. your family feel about you being in this new entrepreneurial role? I don't think they're surprised. Mm. 
Because like what you were saying is I've always been attracted to things that are difficult or new to me. Okay. And so I've never done anything like this before. So I want to dive in and learn everything that there is and, mm-hmm. and be successful at it. And so there, it's been kind of a theme in my life. Like, mm. let's try something new or let's go do something else. There. When you were a kid, did you have lemonade stands out in front of your house? I did. Yep. Okay. Well, so I did. I grew up in Alaska. And oh, so I, you had rhubarb. <laughs> Lemonade yeah. stands. For, for the month of summer, um, there were a couple lemonade stands, but not very often. Alaska, do you go up there often? I have. I was last up there, I think, four years ago. Oh, that's yeah, a long so time. Yeah, so it's been a while. Mm-hmm. I had a question about, um, so like the health and wellness industry, as far as food goes, is very popular. I'm sure, Sarah, you see a lot of people come yeah. into the Food Innovation Center and creating new products. But I also think with health and wellness, it's kind of like self-help, like for books. There mm-hmm. are uh, There's a lot of need. People mm-hmm. want your product because they want their life to be better. Yes. And I think you guys are offering that to people. You're offering a way for them to get something that they need in their life and feel better so that mm-hmm. they can do the things that they want to do. But there's also a lot of you know, people in the health and wellness industry that you just use like different words that bring people in, like even just saying that something is healthy or something is whatever. Do you ever find that people think you're trying to like trick them? Like you're the snake oil salesman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I haven't come across that so far in any of the tastings or anything because people don't tend to say bad things directly to your face. Um, (laughs) Or they do. (laughs) Just wait. Uh, (laughs) I just haven't done enough of them yet. Um, No, but I totally understand where you're coming from. And so the one thing that I've been looking into a lot lately are all of the certifications, organic certifications and Mm. gluten-free certifications and all of those that actually have a little bit of um, backbone to them instead mm-hmm. of just saying this is a natural healthy ingredient yeah. like actually certifying and getting all of our ducks in a row and yeah i think that's good i mean i i think you're since you're doing something that is so unique you're gonna have to do a lot of explaining to people you know because yep. it's this doesn't exist and so it's like something totally new so it's like when you go somewhere you're gonna have to educate your people but i think once i think like i said before you it's gonna be easy for you to find the people that are gonna get it right away mm-hmm. yeah so that's our that's our entire outlook on this is to build a tribe and so get to, go to the people who know the benefits of protein and mm-hmm. know that they need it and then once you build your tribe then you move out from there I yeah. think you should go to the night market Market. Have yeah. you heard of that? The Portland Night Market? Yeah. Have you have you gone and walked it ever? I have not, no. That's your assignment. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Because everyone there is in their tw- late, mid-20s, or 30s. They have mm-hmm. a lot of disposable income, and they all seem to be pretty healthy and active. So maybe you could go there and like, I don't know how many thousands of people walk through that market, but it when I, the last time I went, I was pretty overwhelmed. Mm. And yeah, it's I a good it, way, especially when you have a new product to get it out to people because there's a yeah. lot of people there and I think they'll be a, a, you know kind of your target yeah. market. Yeah. So even if it's just sampling, you know, so people can look for your product when it is ready. I think yeah. it's a good thing to do. I was do. trying to think of some other places that I would take it, but that was one that really came to mind. I think it would be good. Yeah. And is it vegan? It is not vegan. Okay, right, because it's whey from cows. It's a whey yeah. protein. Isolate, well, yeah. sometimes it can still be considered if it's like certain extracts are pulled out, right? Yeah. Like, right, like so technically it's lactose-free, oh, okay. but it's not vegan. Yeah, sorry. There's a, yeah, there's a distinguishing mark there, um, and I do a lot of explaining p- to people why their water is not vegan. Um, Some vegetarians <laughs> We do the same thing with, dairy. like, why we use mm-hmm. the sugar that we use, because it 
it's organic and vegan, and then people are like, all sugar is vegan. And uh-uh. like, oh, no, Some man. sugar has bone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, most of it. If people are buying like the white, pure I don't want to mention names, but if they're buying just regular cane sugar and mm-hmm. it's not organic, then it's it's ground with bone char. So there's a piece of the bone actually in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just so you know, it's the more process. you know. <laughs> So, but it is lactose-free. Lactose-free, yes. Okay. So if you are lactose intolerant, you can still drink the water. But if you are vegan, you should stay away. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. And it does, And so the flavors, you have mango. Mango orange mango, or orange mango. Orange. And what, do you put actual mango in it or is it like a flavoring? How do you make it taste like that? It's a flavor extract. Okay. That's a natural flavor extract. So we're yeah. doing natural flavors. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's great. And then what's your other flavor that you have again? Lemon ginger. And you're going to just start with those two. Yes. And, and then hopefully grow maybe from there. bring more. And it yeah, has sure. non-nutritive sweeteners, so it tastes very sweet, but you're not getting any calories from carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. And what are the sweeteners? It's it's a it? monk it's a monk fruit stevia blend. So they're both organic yeah. monk fruit stevia blend. Yeah. That's cool. I've yeah. I've never heard of monk fruit sweetener. Is that common? It's kind of a newer yeah. sweetener. Yeah. Yeah. It's from uh, Africa or something. Yeah. And is it like a dry powder that you add into something? Yeah. I've just never even heard mm-hmm. of it. Cool. It's a very powerful sweetener. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. You use a very, very, very small amount. A pinch. <laughs> yep. You don't need much. No. All right. It's let's innovative. see. Well, is there anything you want to tell us, Jacoba? I know you were thinking about this since you were asked to come on, and what were some of the things you were thinking about that you really wanted to talk about on the radio today? <laughs> Definitely some of the things that I was thinking about. Um, I guess if there are people are out there listening, we just want feedback, and so if you want water, let us know. Oh, so you have samples. Yeah, we have samples. We can get to people. If you're in the Portland area, we'd love to do tastings. If you have a yoga studio connection or a gym connection, we'd love to set up a table somewhere. Um that's if we just cool. set up a table, give away free samples, and How just ask for feedback. How do they connect with you again? Yeah, so on our website, there's um, a contact form, which would be great, and also through social media, Instagram, Facebook. Okay. Cool. We so just want as many people to try it as possible. Yeah, if you want to try this wonderful protein water that we're having on the air today, you can contact them and get some and give them some feedback because you're still at a point where you might change some things or is it, is it exactly where it's going to be? We're still at a point where things might change a little bit mm-hmm. um, just based on the feedback that we're getting. We just want to make sure that whatever we put on the market is exactly what people want. Cool. And one thing I was going to ask is that, does this have to be refrigerated or not? Is it something that's shelf-stable? Shelf-stable. Oh, cool. Yep. That'll make things easier for you. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you it, won't have to deal with keeping things refrigerated. Yeah. It tastes a little better chilled, things. but it's shelf-stable. Yeah. That's so it, it could go in the refrigerator, but it doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. All right. Any events coming up that you want to tell people to come to? I I think I saw that you were doing a tasting somewhere. Is that in September, maybe? Yeah, we have a couple of tastings coming up. Um, we're doing a tasting at the... So we've been partnering with Yoga and Beer, and they're doing a um, a yoga beer class at Gigantic Brewing on September 9th, I believe. And we'll have a table there. And then we're doing a tasting at the end of September in Muscles in Motion Gym in Lake Oswego. Very cool. So, so if you want to go check out those spaces, those sound like really cool events. What's yoga and beer? Yeah. The, so we got connected with this woman who does events all across the country, actually, and she just connects with different breweries and they sell their beer to the people who do yoga. It's like an evening class and you just drink beer and do yoga. 
That sounds relaxing. That sounds fun. It might be your guys' <laughs> first yoga class. <laughs> Maybe that would be no. our introduction. <laughs> I feel like if I, I might fall asleep, which I, you know, our my yoga teacher always says that that's okay if you fall I would asleep. Snore. <laughs> I'd be there snoring. <laughs> Probably. Well, that's maybe that's not our first intro, but it does sound like a really fun event. Because then, <laughs> if we had beer, I'd want pizza. <laughs> it would just be a you're big going, steamroll you're going backwards instead of forwards. So. <laughs> that's one of my problems. <laughs> well, Jacoba, thanks for joining us today. It was really great to have you in the studio. I'm super excited to see your product everywhere, Me and too. Um, we wish you the best of luck getting it to market as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, thank <laughs> you very there's much. There's no other things in your way. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We record Masonia Marshall inside of Ned Space. Tune in live Committed every to serving week, Oregonians at with the mission of advancing science that lives at the crossroads of conservation Thank and production. Thank you to Alon, our State University's College of Agricultural Sciences, and, and our the Food Innovation Center Chelsea. are inspired if you by want to be the creativity a guest, uh, of new food release, development. Uh, we strive to find new flavors, new economic opportunities, new experiences, and honor diversity. We are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace because good food brings people together. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.